This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network, the only dedicated hunting, shooting and fishing radio show here in Australia. If you'd like to find out more about AHP, visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. If you would like to email us, then you can go to the website and click on the contact icon. Or alternatively, you can email me directly at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to listen to the Australian Hunting Podcast, you can visit the website and click on the archived podcast link. You can also subscribe to the Australian Hunting Podcast on iTunes for automatic updates. Make sure you leave a comment and rate us five stars on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. On Facebook, you can find us under Australian Hunting Podcast, where listeners are sharing ideas, thoughts and opinions, as well as photos and videos twitter.com forward slash ah podcast if you'd like to follow our twitter feed you can also check out my videos on youtube under the name aussie federal control alternatively all social media links can be found on the website everyone knows i love my listeners but i've got especially some extra special love for my donating listeners if you'd like to donate or do a monthly subscription to the show go to the website and click on the donate button on the right hand side of the main page and show your support which is always appreciated that helps us keeps the lights on in this joint and pay those bills we have over 65 hours of free podcasting audio content to date for you all to enjoy Share the Australian Hunting Podcast with your friends and family and get as many people as you know into hunting, shooting and fishing as possible so they can enjoy this fantastic lifestyle that we all love. So as usual, without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. All right, Chris Howard, mate. Welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for inviting me along, Jason. No worries, mate. Mate, tell us uh, a bit about yourself, I guess. First off, let's get to know who Chris Howard is, mate. Do you hunt, shoot, fish, all of the above? All of the above. Um, it's uh, always been a bit of, bit of a passion of mine, good hobby, so just like sort of most of the listeners out there, something that we all love doing. Yeah. What about, like, how did you actually, mate, tell us how you, I guess, got into uh, shooting. Was it, you know, a family tradition? Like, sort of, how did you actually start getting into, you know, firearms and hunting and shooting? And Well, my father was a military marksman, and from the, from the tender age of five years old, uh, he used to go up to the range on a Wednesday afternoon after school and, uh, and shoot a little Ruger 1022 uh, after the, uh, the Army boys had finished with their Wednesday afternoon sport. He's shooting their monthly medals with their SLRs. Yeah, do you are you more of a, a hunter? You're more of just a shooter. What's your sort of what's what's your go to? What's your main? Well, both of my parents were full bore target rifle shooters as well, and and I suppose I did grow up on a rifle range, and and I did learn the art of full bore target rifle shooting. 
But, um, you know, I don't limit myself to one particular discipline. Um, I, generally, I do like getting out for a hunt. There's nothing better than going out and slotting some, some feral animals and, and giving some property owners a hand. It's, uh, it's always, always good fun to get out in the bush and get in touch with nature and, and just get, get back out into the wild. Yeah, mate, what about, I guess, what about your personal history? What about before you got involved with uh, Shooters Union? What were you sort of, you know, you in a professional career? What sort of career path were you in? Um, generally IT. I did, um, did a stint in the Royal Australian Navy as well. And, uh, and well, would you believe it? I was a gunnery sailor. So I was uh, <laughs> playing around with 50 cal machine guns and, and all sorts of other cool, cool, cool uh, firearms. <laughs> and the old, old fire was a pretty good piece of kit. Um, some people like them, some people don't. But now you've got to remember it's just an assault rifle. So, Yeah, mate, exactly. What's your, uh, that's what you said you liked a bit of doing a bit of hunting. What's uh, your favourite, I guess, game to hunt in general? What do you like? Well, my favourite thing out of everything to shoot would have to be feral cats, probably because they do the most destruction to the environment out of all of the animals that have been introduced. Probably not really a game species. Um, I'm yet to go actually go out and shoot a deer, so uh, I suppose when I you know, go and take a deer in the future, that's probably going to be my, my number one after I get one. But, yeah, at this point in time, feral cats, nothing gives me better satisfaction than shooting one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I know, mate, exactly. Never actually got one of those myself yet, so still looking for my first one. I know you're, you're talking about where well, you love hunting and shooting, obviously. Rifle shooter, pistol shooter, clay targets, just love hunting in general. What's, uh, you know, what's your go-to? What do you enjoy? Um, well, I, I do enjoy a bit of everything. Um, I was going through a stage there on a Saturday afternoon. I would shoot full bore target rifle, and then uh, on a, on a Sunday I'd go and shoot a handgun metallic silhouette with uh, with my handguns because I do have quite a few handguns and like the like the handgun shooting. I haven't really tried clay target shooting except for you know just with a couple of mates with a with a thrower on a property, but that's always good fun, especially when you're loading two or two or three up in the uh, in the uh, thrower in one hit and try and uh, try and smack them down yeah good fun just whatever if it if there's gunpowder involved i'm involved mate i love it all <laughs> there's gunpowder in uh, i like it mate i know tell us i mean let's talk about shooters union uh where is it based around australia i guess where was it first formed and who sort of came up with the idea well the history of shooters union. Well, the, the start of it, it was really started in Queensland by uh, by a group of people that uh, are pretty much jack of the you know the amount of inaction from all the existing organisations that were uh, you know already doing nothing pretty much, um, and that it basically kicked off in Queensland, uh, and then after everybody sort of started seeing what was going on in Queensland and sort of some of the successes that shooters union were having in Queensland. Um, New South Wales, there's a couple of passionate people down in New South Wales decided to form a branch as well, and and then uh, after a lot of you know people giving us you know telephone calls and and whatnot, ringing us from all around Australia, you know we had no choice but to actually go national and uh, and encourage other branches to to come on board. So um, in that time, well since then we've had uh, Western Australia start up a branch. They're purely a lobbying force. Um, uh, Paul Peake and Peter Raffaelli over in Western Australia, they're uh, doing some really good job over there lobbying politicians. And pretty much that's what you know, Shooters Union is. 
uh, mostly a lobbying force, a political lobbying force, trying to improve the rights. You know, and one of it, you know, our motto is defending the rights of all responsible firearms users. You know, whether that's somebody who goes out hunting, somebody who takes their handguns or rifles to the range, somebody who even uses their guns for occupational or or uh, veterinary use, etc. You know, whether they're farmers or whatnot, as long as they're a responsible user of a firearm, you know, we're there to help and we're there to try and make sure that uh, the governments of the day don't take any more and actually we're trying to get some back. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much um, the yeah. crux of what Shooters Union is about. Mate, tell us, I mean, you brought up a very good point there, especially, I mean, not just in Queensland, around Australia, we've got a lot of organisations. I mean, why was, the, why was Shooters Union formed? Was it in response to, uh, I mean, I guess, do you think the organisations out there are doing enough for shooters? Do you think they're lobbying well? I mean, not just our political parties, but our organisations uh, nationwide. Do you think they're doing enough trying to get our rights back? So I guess my question was, why was Shooters Union formed? Well, pretty much the, there was a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that were, you know, very dissatisfied with what, is, with what wasn't happening. And a lot of the big organisations, a lot of the shooting associations, pretty much all they're interested in is their discipline, and and not much else. And you know, and you can't you can't knock them for being in, involved and and wanting to protect their discipline. But you know, we've sort of got to take a unified approach, and and that's that's the view of the people that that started the Shooters Union. I came on I came on board after Shooters Union Queensland was first first formed. But to take a unified approach where you've got you know one one group trying to uh, be the voice for for multiple disciplines and and uh, and groups, you know, we're, uh, it, it's hard for me to say that you know X group isn't doing such and such because you know there are some groups out there that are doing some very good things, but if there was a lot of groups doing a lot of good things. There would be no need for shooters union. Shooters union just would not exist. Yeah, mate. How did, you just talking about how you got involved, but how, how did you get involved? And uh, I guess what was your motivation to get involved? And what's your role with shooters union? Well, pretty much, I'm a uh, I'm a single issue issue voter, <laughs> so uh, I, I purely vote on firearms issues. Um, and you know, some people may think, oh, you know, that's a little bit crazy, but. You know, I, I love my sport so much. I've grown up around it, and I want to protect it, and I want to make sure that my kids can do it. So I'm a single-issue voter, and I was actually involved with a political party um, or a candidate for a political party in a state election up here, and that's how I actually got introduced to um, the Shooters' Union crew. Um, I was working for um, a candidate, you know, who was representing a pro-firearms political party, and... And yeah, and, and when, it, when push came to shove, I figured that it was much better me focusing my attention on purely the firearms issue than trying to be involved in a political party that was, uh, um, you know, not just a single issue, issue party because a lot of those issues I really didn't care too much about or care too much for. So I've, I was figured that I'd be better off just putting my time and effort just into the one issue that concerns me. So that's how I got involved in Shooters Union, and, and I haven't looked back. Ah, oh, mate, well said, well said. Flat and to the point, I like it. Mate, who, tell us who is involved with the Shooters Union uh, and what specific positions? I mean, how many people work there? Is it a small group of people trying to push for our rights? Uh, can you sort of give us more info on that? 
Well, first of all, I'll tell you that we are 100% a volunteer organisation. There's uh, a a small band of volunteers. um, We've recently just actually expanded our committee because we're we're starting to get to the point where we've got so many members and and so many good ideas and, and we want to continue to grow that we've actually got to grow the committee so that we can nurture that growth. Um, so the president is uh, is Graham Park. He's based in Queensland. Uh, we've uh, we've got a new secretary, Jan Lindsley, who was who is also our treasurer. She was one of the founders of Shooters Union, as was Graham as well. Um, and and Jan is an absolutely lovely lady. And there is uh, absolutely nothing that she wouldn't do for for firearms rights in in Queensland and Australia. She's absolutely superb. Um, we've got a new membership director. Uh, Laurie Grantham, um, her and her husband uh, are very much involved with pistol shooting, especially IPSC, and um, and Ross, Ross, her husband, is um, the pistol club captain for Shooters Union because we are also a pistol club as well. Um, we've got a couple of committee members. Um, George um, is one of them. He's a gentleman that lives down on the Gold Coast. He's been heavily involved with uh, the Queensland Military Rifle Club and a few clay target clubs as well and uh and yeah so we're we're generally trying to grow our organization um and not not trying to get too big too quick but you know obviously we we love to have new members and we and we want as many members as we can possibly get uh because it it assists us in getting our message through to you know, to politicians and to probably the biggest driving force of of firearms policy and that's actually the police services yeah, I did notice the other day, probably at the time of recording this uh, podcast, what are we, August 26, 2014, I uh, did know that the, uh, the advisory panel did come out with a PTA where you can actually swap like for like and don't need a PTA. So, I mean, it seems like at least uh, Queensland are trying to do some good things, at least by reducing red tape for you know law-abiding firearms owners. I mean, hopefully there's some more to come. There's there's a few little things. Um, we sort of view them as little token things at this stage. I mean, it's better than nothing. I mean, it, it is definitely better than nothing. Um, of course, we would really like a lot more. And uh, and I can tell you that the that the advisory panel has asked for a for a hell of a lot more. And uh, and so they should because you know we're sick of being treated as second rate citizens. We don't want to be treated as criminals anymore because we're not the ones out there that are shooting up the suburbs at night. We're the, we're the responsible people, you know, and, and we don't want the police to be treating us as if we're potential crims because we're not. And I can I can guarantee you that's that's how they look at us. Yeah. And if they didn't, they wouldn't treat us the way that they do. Yeah, good point, mate. What states is Shooters Union a part of? How many states around Australia are, uh, are on board? Well, we've got New South Wales. We've got a bread. There's um, Shooters Union New South Wheels, and uh, that's uh, headed up by Peter Whelan down there. Um, and uh, and also there's uh, a Western Australian branch as well, Shooters Union Western Australia, and that's Paul Peake and, and Peter Raffaelli. They're doing a fantastic job over there. Um, they're about to come up. Uh, well, they're going into a, a really big review of the firearms legislation over there and uh, and we believe that they've got a very big fight on their hands so we wish them all the very best in 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 that and uh, and if there's any listeners in Western Australia that uh, you know, would like to get behind the cause they jump onto uh, onto their Facebook page and onto the Shooters Union Western Australia uh, website and uh, and sling them your 
your membership fee because they need all the help they can get. Yeah, I mean, has, has Shooters Union been happy with the membership numbers? I mean, is it uh, how many? I mean, how many members does the Shooters Union have, say in Queensland or uh, say across the nation of Australia? Yeah, well, we're we're slowly but surely growing. We had uh, there was there was a couple of thousand when I first joined, but um, we're now at the stage in Queensland where we are the second largest shooting organisation in Queensland. Um, there's only one organisation bigger than us, and. And we all know which which ones are the which one is the largest shooting organisation. But um, you know, slowly but surely, the um, the New South Wales branch and the Western Australian branch will will grow in numbers. Um, but one thing that uh, we we are finding is there's a lot of people that are actually joining with Shooters Union Australia, so that when um, their state actually gets a branch, they will actually become branch members of that state. Uh, we've got some interest from some some people, and I believe they're very talented people down in Tasmania, um, that are interested in forming a shooters union branch down there. And that Tasmania is a, a stronghold of the Greens, so any 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 pro firearms voice down there that can uh, can counter those uh, those turkeys, because let's face it, they're <laughs> we've all seen them speak in Parliament, and we we all know what they're like. <laughs> But um, yeah, if we can if we can get some you know a good a good branch down there, um, you know that that'll be great to see. But um, you know obviously we we want Shooters Union to grow and be in every state in Australia, and uh, you know but that's there's nothing stopping anybody from joining Shooters Union of Australia. It doesn't matter where you live in Australia. We've even got members from New Zealand, England, and we've even got a member in Atlanta. Nice, man. What can Shooters Union offer members, say, for a genuine reason? If they wanted to join, do you offer a genuine reason? Why would they join? What can they offer? Okay, in Queensland, we offer a genuine reason for uh, A, B and H um, categories of, of firearm. So we're a, sport, we're a sport and target club. So uh, in, in, I'm not quite sure about the other states, um, but in Queensland, when you use a sport and target, you also get recreation as a, as a part of your licence as well. So obviously there's some different um, regulations with regards to the category H firearms and you know, waiting times and, and whatnot. Um, New South Wales, if you join the Shooters Union New South Wales, that is also a genuine reason for you know, support and target club for a, for a handgun or, and also for a rifle, uh, A and B rifle, shotgun, rimfire, etc. Uh, Western Australia, yeah, they've got the worst gun laws in Australia. They really do. Um, if you're not listed... Um, as one of a, a particular organisation in their act, you cannot actually be uh, um, a genuine reason. So Shooters Union Western Australia is purely a lobbying force, a political lobbying force. So um, you know, it, it's sad that, um, you know, that, that Western Australian members don't get that added benefit. But, um, but one other thing that um, uh, Queensland and New South Wales members do get is... Um, uh, is the uh, third party or the, or the insurance coverage, so which covers you for uh, whether you're hunting um, on any or any legal shooting activity, whether you're hunting on private property, whether you're at the range, you're uh, you're covered by that by our insurance, so which is also a very good very good deal as well. So yeah, mate, awesome. Next question, I've got a question from Andrew Sweeney. Now, Andrew says, how does the shooters' union differentiate themselves from other say, pro-gun clubs like SSAA or ADA or any of those organisations? Well, pretty much we don't care what discipline you shoot. 
I mean, we, we want people to shoot disciplines. We want people to be involved in the sport, for sure. But, you know, whether you're a security guard, whether you're an uh, occupational purpose, whether you're a farmer, you know, we're here to represent everybody. You know, whether you're a small ball shooter, whether you're a full ball shooter, whether you're a handgun shooter, whether you're an Olympic pistol shooter, we don't, we, all we want is the best outcomes for our members and for anybody who is interested in getting a firearms license. We're not interested in making money. We're not, that's not our, that's not our mission. Um, you know, the, um, the Deer Association, I believe they do some really good things, um, you know, especially with um, maintaining, um, you know, deer populations and whatnot and, and sustainably managing, you know, deer numbers around the country. Um, you know, that's, that's a really good thing for those organisations to be doing that. You know, double SAA promoting the sporting aspect, you know, of the, of the shooting sports. It's great. I mean, everybody loves shooting sports. I know I do. Um, so, uh, so that they, they've got their sort of general focus areas, whereas we really are, well, we, yes, we are the genuine reason for, uh, for A, B and H, but we really, really focus on the political lobbying side of things. That's our that's our crux. That's our main main reason for being. So, yep. uh, that's really what separates us. So, is there regular meetings, or are they offering safety courses, anything like that, or can you, is any, just purely the genuine reason stuff and the membership? Tell us a bit more. Well, uh, we we have we have newsletter updates that go out to our members. Um, so what what we try to do is we try to uh, we try to motivate our members into uh, getting political. Uh, so just recently there was a uh, a call for a submission for a Senate inquiry that's going on where pretty much the Greens are going to be asking for all semi-automatic handguns to be banned. So that's coming up. Um, there was a call for submissions. Um, Shooters Union Australia, New South Wales, Shooters Union Queensland. We all put in a submission on that one along with a whole heap of other groups as well. And we actually sent a newsletter out to all of our members stating we would really, we're inviting you to write a submission. These people are going to try their very hardest to try and um, to ban semi-automatic handguns. So, you know, we all know that taking guns off you and I, Jason, is not going to do anything to reduce handgun crime at all. So we're trying to motivate our members to to just get involved in the political process and whether that's writing, the, writing to their local member, writing to the, the Premier, writing to anybody. It, anybody that has any sort of you know, sphere of influence into firearms policy, even if it's the police, writing to them. So you know, that's, you know, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do pretty much. Um, we we meet as a committee. We meet often and we discuss strategy and and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, there's uh, you know, we're we're trying to um, to bring bring forth some new initiatives which sort of haven't really been done. Um, but uh, I'm going to sort of keep them sort of you know, close to my keep the cards close to my chest at the minute. But uh, there's some exciting things coming up. Yeah, mate. Tell us. I mean, people say to me often, yeah, they're trying to do a lot of stuff for shooting rights in Australia. 
I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the individuals here. And let, let's be honest, we know a lot of, and this may offend some people, but a lot of shooters are very apathetic. They're not interested in uh, certain disciplines. They're not interested in furthering our rights. Uh, and when it comes to getting on board, you know, there's about 10% of the people that are doing, you know, 90% of the work. How can we get people off their bums, get them motivated, get them writing letters to say, you know, they're, they're ministers, they're local members, uh, and also doing, as I said, like those, um, the inquiries, you know, submitting uh, inquiries into the you know, handgun group. How do we get people motivated, do you think? Well, unfortunately, Jason, I think it's the apathy so ingrained into the Australian culture that, um, you know, we, we may be able to increase the number to, you know, from the 10% that you mentioned to maybe the 15 to the 20%. But, you know, unless it affects them, people really don't give a stuff. And, unfortunate, and it's really unfortunate in this day and age that um, you know, we have got so many shooters out there you know, that, that keep on voting for the same thing and they keep on expecting different results and they never ever get them. They won't write letters. They, and some of them even support these restrictions. You know, oh, they no, think that no. it's a good thing. They think that it's a good thing. But by somehow, instead of you know, me having a 10-round a magazine instead of a 16-round magazine, that for some reason the community's safer. Or because my semi-automatic handgun's got a 5-inch barrel instead of a 4-inch barrel, that somehow the, the community is going to be safer. And it's, it's a brainwashing by the media. They buy into the, to the hype of the politicians. And uh, it's 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 really really sad, Jason. Unfortunately, um, you know we can we can try and do what we can. Uh, we can you know get out there on the social media and try and try and get support. One thing that is promising though is a lot of young people that that really weren't old enough to see the John Howard era buybacks and the steel back, whatever you want to call it. Um, they really don't they really don't understand what happened and. They're asking questions. Why the hell can't I have an AR-15? Why the hell can't I have a Browning Maxis, you know, shotgun? Why can't I have a Ruger 1022? You know, I've passed the same background check as, as if I was a primary producer. You know, so why can't I have these things? You know, because this day and age, everybody's used to going out and getting a ticket for a chainsaw or a forklift or whatnot. So they they're used to going out. So to go and get one for a gun or a firearms license, yeah. They'll jump through the hoops, but they don't understand the stupid restrictions that are involved with it. And, uh, you know, because they don't know the Port Arthur, they, they never saw the, the, the horrible, crappy politics that was involved with it and the, and the horrible lies from, 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 from one Mr. John Howard. Yeah, mate. No, you're absolutely right. Tell us about uh, Shooters Union's philosophies on firearms laws, since we're talking about it in Australia. What... As a group, obviously, you've got a set you know, policy or direction that you guys want to take. So let's talk about you know, the, the 96 gun laws. Let's talk about uh, what you guys would and wouldn't agree with. So I'm talking about you know, license of categories, you know, from registration to permits to acquire to categories A, B, C, D, H. And I think, what is it, uh, G, for, or sorry, uh, G for things, collectors. So tell us about what the general philosophies are. Well, pretty much... The first thing we need to do is get rid of any of, get rid of the long arms registry in every state in this, in this nation of ours. It is the biggest waste of money 
the biggest waste of police resources and it has not once been used to solve a single crime. It has been a billion dollar failure. There is no point to it. And so once you get rid of the registry, PTAs become a waste of time. What's the point of having a PTA? Because, well, who are you going to report it to? So PTAs are gone. Um, I'm personally of the opinion that we should have a lifetime license. So yes, we have a background check to make sure that we aren't a criminal. That I agree with. That's, that's, that's fair. That's logical. To make sure that, you know, nobody, that you're not giving a license to, you know, somebody with a shady history or, or a character. So, a lifetime license on, with regards to safe storage inspection, it's probably best that it's left up to the individual. I'm myself, I've got, I've got children at home. So I would make sure that my firearms are not accessible by them. But then also I introduce my kids to firearms from a young age so that they know that, hey, they're not toys, they're not things to be, you know, to, uh, to be stunned by or to, uh, to be amazed by. They're a normal part of life in my house. So, um, so we also want to see uh, self-defence as a genuine reason. So like a, like a castle doctrine type law introduced into every state in Australia so that uh, you know, if somebody does come into your house on a home invasion style situation, you actually have the right to use a firearm to defend your family and to defend your own life, defend your property. You know, this, uh, this, uh, you've got to be a disarmed um, victim. You know, they've, they've pretty much turned our own homes into gun-free zones and that is absolutely ridiculous. Well, we know what we know where all the shootings happen in the U.S. They all happen in gun-free zones, you know. So, so where's where's crime going to take place in Australia? Everywhere where you're not allowed to have a gun. So, you know, So we would really like to see self-defence brought back in as a, as a genuine reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know. So there was a, a ad today, I think, from the uh, NRA, this, uh, from their own politicians, that actually said, "I mean, obviously, this is not well. It's sort of self-defence, but concealed carry. But uh, it's uh, been issued in in uh, Chicago, and uh, currently now there's a, obviously the trial period, and it's, uh, <laughs> they're already reporting drops of fifty-six uh, percent from uh, shootings." Uh, people being shot with a firearm, uh, breaking and entering, all those things, like fifty-six. And obviously the anti-gunners are all freaking out. But I mean, this is from you know the the city of Chicago themselves, you know, saying, "Well, oh, this is actually working." You know, we, we <laughs> maybe they didn't think it was going to go that way, but it actually has. Well, it's kind of making you know the people people like the Michael Bloomberg's of the world look like complete and utter dropkicks. <laughs> they're they're uh, you know pushing this line that uh, you know we've got to get rid of guns out of society. You know it. Uh, you know, it, it, it sounds hard to believe, and, and I tell people all the time that more guns in the community equals less crime. You know, it's been proven in the U.S. It's now even proven in Australia. There are more, there are more firearms in the community in Australia now than what there were pre-1996, and the gun crime in Australia is actually less than what it was in pre-96. Yeah, but that, so, the, the government might say, and I've heard this before, they say, oh, it's because we got rid of, you know, these evil semi-automatics, the semi-automatic shotguns, the pump shotguns, the AR-15s. Uh, you know, you know, it's got anything to do with it? Not at all. It's got nothing <laughs> to do with it at all. You know, 
the, the type of the type of rifle has got nothing to do with it. It's the character of the person. You can't legislate against evil. Evil people will do evil things, and the the only thing that you can do is try and stop evil people from getting hold of things. Now, a background check is all it takes. So yep. there's no there was no no need to take AR-15s and SLRs, you know, off. You know, the military-style shooters. You know, the people who shot, you know, military matches, you know, service rifle matches. Well, taking their AR-15s didn't stop any type of shooting. I mean, we all know that in New Zealand, they've still got access to those types of firearms. There hasn't been a mass shooting since. Right? There's, there hasn't been a mass shooting because they do the background check. Yeah. A background check is fair and reasonable. Yeah. We don't have any problem with that. Yeah, and they keep on wanting to change it, uh, the laws over there too. I mean, I think their last one was in 97, just a bit after our one in 96, not not long after. And, you know, again, the you know, still got the AR-15s. Uh, st- obviously, they've got a licensing system as well. They've still got the pump shotguns, the, the magazine extension tubes for their, you know, semi-automatic and pump shotguns. And, you know, the world hasn't just fallen around and chaos and, uh, you know, uh, craziness hasn't prevailed. Well, I can remember a time in Queensland, Jason, when all you had to be was 17 years old. That was it. <laughs> you had to be 17 years old to walk into a, to, to a gun shop. You could go and buy an SKS or an SKK, you know, with uh, an SKK with a 30 round magazine. You could go and buy cheap bulk surplus ammo and you could just go out bush and go out hunting, go shooting, do whatever you wanted. The sky didn't fall in. And people didn't go out doing stupid things with these guns, and you know people didn't go out and you know robbing servos and whatnot because there was a very good chance back then that there was somebody actually had a pump action shotgun under the counter of the servo because there wasn't a law saying that you couldn't. Yeah. Why do you think we've gone this way? I mean, obviously, I think political correctness is really is just out of control right now, and they want us to be this socialist left green agenda where everyone gets something for nothing and take away our rights what why why do we think this where did this come from i mean back in you know the, the 80s even the late 70s early 80s i mean i remember we used to go to me old man we used to go into kmart and they used to sell if you remember this they used to sell guns in kmart yeah i used to used to buy 22 ammo in Kmart with my dad. That's where we got our ammo from when we went on our Wednesday afternoon shoots up at the, the Mount Lofty Rifle Range here in Toowoomba. Uh, it was fantastic. Super A-Mart. You could go and buy an SKK or an SK, SKS in Super A-Mart. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's uh, um, the or A-Mart All Sports, sorry. The, um, yeah... As for the drive, um, well, we've, a lot of us have actually seen a lot of the policies that are, that are coming out from, from the United Nations. Um, they've, they've got a set of guidelines out, which Australia seems to have been following you know, right from the get-go. If, if you have a look at those guidelines, they pretty much fall into line with what Australia's done. So it's, um, it, it's pretty sad that uh, it... I hate to say it, Jason, but um, you know maybe we're losing our sovereignty as a nation. You know when when politicians are starting to uh, to buy into, you know you must do this, you must do that from from an external uh, group, yeah, such as the UN. You yep. know whether, you know I'm sure that there's much more at play than than just the UN. But um, when I say that, I'm talking about um, internal internal politics. I mean, politicians only care about getting re-elected. That's it. 
you know, it's even with the with um, like the ministerial advisory panel and stuff like that, you know, they care about getting re-elected, and so that's you know they set a lot of these things up so that you know they can they can listen to us and 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 they they let's just say they'll appear to be doing the best that they can, and sometimes they generally do try and do the best that they can. Um, Sometimes they run into obstructionary forces that are outside of their sphere of influence, you know, bureaucrats and whatnot. So, but um, you know, bureaucratic red tape and bureaucrats themselves, yep. you know, they uh, bureaucrats are there forever, yep. and and their ideologies they seem to get passed down from from one bureaucrat to the next, whereas politicians come and go. So, you know, yeah, it's a it's a tangled web, and to try and figure out exactly you know where the the overall driving force for it all comes, well, you know, APMC, that'd be a good place to look. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, I go back to the registration, we've seen, you know, New Zealand got rid of theirs in the 80s because they said, ah, oh, this is just a waste of money. We've seen you know, Canada yep. get rid of theirs, they're reclassifying some of those Swiss arm rifles, they're, uh, you know, trying to change those laws, because you know, again, if you know, the, a lot of people know about the Swiss arms rifle was just prohibited for no reason, people owned it, and all of a sudden the RCMP said, well, no, this is now prohibited, hand it in, otherwise you're going to be basically a felon. Um, they've gotten rid of it. They've actually just announced some new changes uh, to their new, you know, the firearms policies and firearms laws, which sound pretty promising for some of those guys, you know, reclassifying you know, to legalise those Swiss arm rifles again. Uh, a few other bits and pieces which are really positive. And I've actually emailed the New South, sorry, the Minister uh, for Police here in New South Wales. Well, sorry, it was Michael Gallagher until he's uh, up against the Independent Commission Against Corruption for taking donations. I've actually emailed them and sent a letter on several occasions to say, well, have you done actually like a, a public benefit analysis to the firearms registry? I mean, I think... 17 years or so would be, you know, 16, 17 years would be reasonable that some sort of public benefit analysis has been done on those uh, the registry of New South Wales. Yet they, every time they seem to write back to me, it's got nothing in that. There's nothing to do. Uh, they've done any reports on it. How has it been benefited? Has it solved any crime? If so, what crimes has it solved? And you just see that A, never hear back from them, or B, or, or B uh, they never actually address the criteria that I put in the initial letter. So, I mean, what's the benefit of spending this huge amount of money, the huge amount of employees that they've got working there, um, that if this thing just does not work? Yeah, there's... Uh, it's, you, you will never actually get a straight answer from them um, because, well, for starters, it's, it's like any time you send a politician a letter and you actually ask for a specific answer. You won't get it. You generally get like a general... Thank you very much for your letter, blah, 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 generic, 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 generic. Thank you very much. And that's it. Uh, there's, uh, there's, there's this term called evidence-based policy. Now, that's what Australia and especially the states need to be moving towards with regards to firearms laws. And for some crazy reason, they're doing it in a whole heap of other areas, but as soon as it comes to firearms, uh, sorry, the evidence doesn't back up their doesn't back up the way that, or their, their thinking and what the, and the lies that they've already sold the, uh, the public. So, you know, they're, they're, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that we're probably not going to see any of this evidence-based policy around firearms legislation. I'd love to. I think it would be fantastic if, if finally we got to see some common-sense laws. Um, but, uh, but 
you can you can ask for for everything in the world and uh, and and still get nothing because uh, you know, they're uh, they're still selling the lie, they're still uh, towing the party line. Uh, and until until one of them actually gets the courage to say, "Hang on a minute, this is all crap and it's got to go," because it was all one minister in Canada that did that. Mm. It was one minister. He stood up, and it was for around about twelve years that he was researching the uh, the registry. And and when he first started looking at it, he was actually in favour of it. He thought that it was a good thing. He thought that it was actually doing, you know, Canada some good. But then the more and more he looked into it, the more he realised that the whole lot was BS, and there is absolutely zero public safety benefit in it at all. And and he was the main driving force behind the whole thing getting scrapped. He is saving their government billions of dollars. Yeah. All of these governments that want to save billions of dollars, you know, liberal governments that want to save billions, all you've got to do is scrap that, scrap that registry. Hey, there's a huge cost saving right there. All of the <laughs> wages of all the public servants that don't need to be there. Yeah. Because they're just, they're just paper pushers. They're just paper pushers now. They're just, they're just shoving information into an obsolete database that has incorrect information in it to begin with. We've had members ring us up and they've had police come around to do their safe inspection and they said, oh, can you open up your safe for us, please? Yes, not a problem, officer. They open up their gun safe. Okay, yep, this is everything. Where's the other 120, the police officer says. Well, I don't have another 120. But they still had the other 120 that he'd sold on in his whole time that he'd owned firearms still registered to his name. Mm. So tell me how, tell me, tell me, tell me how having an inaccurate registry like that is any, any benefit to public safety at all. No, mate, you're right, but we're just going to get a quick break and we will be back with Chris Howard from Shooters Union Australia. We'll be right back. The Sporting Shooters Association of Australia proudly presents Australia's largest event for the sports shooting industry right here in Perth. The Shot Expo, December 6 and 7. For the true enthusiast, the Shot Expo showcases the professionalism and commitment to safety of sports shooting in Australia. Safety and training demos, ethical hunting and conservation, outdoor camping and archery, it's all on show. The Shot Expo, Claremont Showground, December 6 and 7. Pay on the day or go to shotexpo.com.au for sponsors, exhibitors and online bookings. Hey Mars, did you know there's a place in New South Wales that gun owners, hunters and sporting shooters are very familiar with? Of course Jason, that place is Horsley Park Gun Shop. That's because they've been around for 30 years and have built a reputation for being the best in the business. They have an extensive range of firearms, ammunition, gun safes, optics and accessories for all your hunting and shooting requirements. And did you know Jason they always have bulk ammo specials? Absolutely. The friendly staff at Horsley Park Gun Shop are always there to help you and give you the best advice. Horsley Park Gun Shop are open Monday to Saturday and you can find them on the internet at hpgs.com.au. Come and talk to the team at Horsley Park Gun Shop at 1848 Horsley Road, Horsley Park or call them on 9620 1313. G'day. I'm Robert Brown from the Shooters and Fishers Party, and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. You know, I've seen a lot of political parties promise support for Shooters and Fishers over the years, 
But the only party who has actually delivered for these groups, you guessed it, it's the Shooters and Fishers Party. We've been going toe-to-toe with the Greens and the gun grabbers for the last 20 years, and we're not going to stop. We've got too much to fight for, but we need your support. In March 2015, we have our best chance ever to elect a third Shooters and Fishers Party member to the New South Wales Parliament. To register your support, please visit www.sfp2015.org.au. I'll repeat that, www sfp2015.org.au All right, Chris, mate, tell us, uh, has, has the Shooters Union had any talks with government or they represent on this advisory panel in Queensland? What are they sort of involved in? Any, any positive talks or, or, or not? Well, the, uh, the first... Well, just after the, uh, the new Liberal government got... Uh, or the new coalition government got uh, elected here in Queensland... We requested a meeting with um, with the police minister Jack Dempsey up here, and uh, we were we got one with him, and uh, and our initial uh, impression was you know, was very good, and uh, and he um, he after speaking to um, the uh, Firearm Dealers Association of Queensland and also the um, uh, Queensland Shooting Association had agreed to form a uh, ministerial advisory panel on firearms. Um, that was actually a uh, a proposal put forward by the dealers association and uh, and so anyway that's all gone ahead so uh, there's um you know some good representation on that panel um shooters union is there we're there in our own right um, our uh, president Graham park attends those meetings and uh, and so there's um, representation from you know pretty much all of the other firearms all the other uh, the shooting groups in in queensland uh, also, Ag Force represent the primary producers and and whatnot. Um, the the police union is also there, uh, but um, and the police union uh, send their barrister along, and and they all seem to be pretty reasonable sort of sort of fellows. And uh, yeah, the uh, the panel's moving forward. Um, you know, they're uh, they're trying to uh, to get the best outcomes you know, for uh, for Queensland shooters and for for sensible firearms laws in in Queensland. Will it happen? Don't know. Um, one thing that you've got to remember when you're dealing with politicians is that they're politicians. You know, <laughs> you know they're, uh, they'll say uh, they'll say whatever. So, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunately that's that's the way it is. So you 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 uh, you've you've got to be there, and, uh, and you and you've got to try the best for your members, and uh, and hopefully, hopefully you can. Uh, you know, make some positive changes, and uh, you know, and the signs coming from from those meetings are are quite positive. So, you know, that's the that's where it sits at the moment. Um, the uh, we do actually one of our one of the members of Shooters Union New South Wales is actually a federal senator. He's um, trying very hard to uh, to get onto the uh, consultative committee that the Greens have called, the one that's calling for the banning of semi-automatic handguns. He'll probably only be able to be a uh, uh, like a, it's not actually on the committee itself, but um, I believe they're like a witness. So um, hopefully, you know that you know, we can we can sort of see what's going on in, in that committee as well. With regards to to other states, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure because uh, you know we generally let them go about their own business. Um, you know, just looking after Queensland, you know, for us shooters union Queensland guys is um, is quite a job in itself. Uh, so. So yeah, we're 
as I said, we're always happy for uh, for other people that are interested to come on board and that want to do similar sort of work in other states to you know, to, to start a branch and, and whatnot and, and hopefully get onto their own you know, ministerial advisory panels and councils and, and whatnot. So, mm. but yeah. Good stuff. Man, I know you were talking about uh, voting for pro-gun parties now. Obviously, from what you said before, I'm guessing you do vote for a pro-gun party. Do you think the current... You know, a lot of pro-gun parties are doing a good job representing shooters. Uh, there's uh, there's there's quite a few parties out there that uh, you know, that uh, that are doing are doing some some good work. Um, there's I believe well, there's been some there's some good noise from Country Alliance out of Victoria. Um, they had some some pretty positive things to say. They they sounded pretty good. The um, Shooters and Fishers Party in uh, in New South Wales. Look, I've actually met with with the two Roberts and. Uh, and like, and I, I personally, I've got a lot of time for them. I think that they're uh, they're doing, they're doing a, a reasonably good job. You know, there's uh, no doubt it it must be very hard, you know, being in the position where they where they are. Um, and uh, look, a lot of people give them flack about the ammo bill, but um, but when it comes to the crunch, you know, the ammo bill wasn't even really driven by the New South Wales Liberal Party. It was driven by the New South Wales Police. And we actually got that admission from uh, from uh, from Peter Phelps himself. So, you know, the uh, they're trying, they're trying their very best, I, I believe. But uh, you know, sometimes it's it's a very difficult uh, it's a diff- very difficult path to walk. And um, yeah, if, uh, once you know, if they can get another another member in the upper house in New South Wales, well, you know, hopefully they can. They can do a hell of a lot more with, uh, with regards to obtaining the balance of power and uh, and really starting to assert some authority. Um, yeah. There's, uh, you know, hunting in national parks. That's stuff that we can only dream of in Queensland. We don't we don't have any hunting in state forests at all. I mean, there's um, there's a little pilot program run run by the double S double A, but that's but that's it. You know, and and you know. Everybody in New South Wales has got a lot to thank the Shooters and Fishers Party for for, for that sort of that sort of activity. It's um, Western Australia have now got a uh, Shooters and Fishers Party uh, member in the upper house. It's fantastic. It knocked a green out. You know, any time you're knocking a green out of an upper house of any state government, that's got to be a good thing. <laughs> you're so, right, mate. On yeah. the on the on the flip side, do you think? Uh, what they're doing, you think they anything they can do where they can improve on? It doesn't matter what what organisation you are, who you represent. There's always room for improvement, and uh, you know, and it's and it's not it's not really for me to judge them. I don't really have anything, you know, any comment on you know whether you know they've done this wrong or they've done that wrong. Um, you know, it's it's probably more up to the members. You know. Um, I was recent. I was a member of Shooters and Fishers Party. I, um, unfortunately, I've let my membership lapse just purely because I'm a little bit slack with uh, with paying it. But with with me not being a member, I don't think that I can actually be critical of them. I think that that's something that the members, you know, should should do, and and it's up to the members to review how that the you know, how the party is performing and whatnot. So, you know, that's uh, that sounds very diplomatic, Jason, but. Um, you know, it's it's what I believe. Yep. Does the shooters' union do they align themselves with any particular, uh, you know, pro-gun party or anything like that? We know there's organisations around Australia that sort of have given you know some parties 
a really, really good whack and done and, and give them a lot of uh, you know airtime. But yet, there's other pro-gun parties out there which they haven't even you know let anything to print. Haven't even mentioned those particular pro-gun parties. So, are you guys supportive yep. of all pro-gun parties? Are you aligning yourself well, with anyone in particular, or? Well, what we generally like to do is we like to let our members know because really, that's this we're, we're we're here for our members. We like to let our members know where all of the political parties stand on firearms issues, you know. And so we only look at the one issue of firearms when we advise our members and we say, if you were to vote on this one issue only, you know, these are, these are, this is how these political parties stack up. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're not going to tell you how to vote. But this is how they, this is how they stack up. So, but it's up to you to make the choice. So, but uh, obviously, you know, there's, um, there's, there's parties that have really good firearms policies, you know, and we would really like to see them do well. You know, of course, we want to see Shooters and Fishers Party do well. Liberal, Democrat Party, Liberal Democratic Party of Australia, they've got some really good firearms policies as well. I'd like to see them prosper and do extremely well. Country Alliance in Victoria, same deal. You know, it used to be the National Party in Queensland, but, um, but unfortunately they sold out back in '96. So... It's, um, it's, and yeah, Queensland, there's not really much that we can do in the way of, you know, supporting a political party because, um, you know, we're, uh, we're stuck with the lot that, that actually took our guns and the other lot aren't that much better, you know, of the, of the two majors. So, um, and when it, when it comes to the other party, the, uh, the other small party that, that is pro-firearms, they really haven't made much noise, which is, which is a real shame. Mm. All right, mate. Again, we're just going to get another quick break. We'll be back with Chris Howard from Shooters Union Australia. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and Hoppies gun cleaning products. Red Fox are also major online retailers for the popular Aussie Maxbox brand and the rest of the innovative products distributed by Eagle Eye Hunting Gear, all at Red Fox Outdoor Supplies. So go to the website redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or phone Greg on 0412 495 712. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats. But the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. 
In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. Chris, mate, I notice um, I mean, a lot of people know me, um, obviously from the Facebook page, obviously this podcast. Big supporter of the National Rifle Association. Just recently, actually, probably only up to, I think, a week of recording this podcast. Around early August 20th, actually, the, I think there was an email sent around to get $500 off your life membership for... Uh, the National Rifle Association to become a life member, uh, an easy pay member, which I did. So uh, I took advantage of that. I, no- I noticed, because uh, we're friends on Facebook, I noticed you went to America to attend the NRA, the annual uh, convention. Can you tell us more about the, the convention and what happened over there? Well, it was probably one of the most mind-blowing experiences of my life, Jason, to be honest. there's, there's um, The only thing that rates alongside it is the birth of my children and probably getting married <laughs> the um when I, when I first arrived in indianapolis uh, i went for a walk the day before you know the, on the thursday to, to walk down towards the convention center to pre-register and i just saw this this banner hanging over the this overpass it just said nine acres of guns and gear hey i'm a gun guy <laughs> Yeah, I started foaming at the mouth straight away. Nine acres of guns and gear. It was absolutely superb. The, um, I went and pre-registered and um, took the opportunity to, uh, to extend my membership. Um, signed up a couple of friends as well. Um, so they didn't even know that I did it until they got their NRA membership cards in the post. Because <laughs> I'm that kind of bloke. I, I you know, just love doing things like that. Um, yeah, the first day, mate, I was just in awe. I was... I walked into the uh, into the main exhibit hall and I was just blown away. The, um, the, one of the, the first things that I saw was just SLRs and I was like, oh yes, and little carbine versions, fantastic little carbine versions of the SLR. Um, all black, you know, scary black rifles. Oh mate, there was nothing scary about them. They were absolutely schmick. The whole convention was just full of whatever whatever flavour of firearm whether handgun, rifle, shotgun, anything, even even bows, crossbows, you name it, whether it was hunting, whether it was target shooting, scopes, any type of accessory, everything was there, a whole lot, everything from, you know, $150 carry guns to ten to $15,000, $20,000 Barrett 50 cal, you know, sniper rifles. There was absolutely everything. It was It was phenomenal. And uh, the uh, on the uh, the Friday night, I was uh, lucky enough to attend the uh, uh, the NRA Isla dinner, and that was actually held over at the in the infield of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So that's uh, that's uh, a bit of a once in a lifetime thing to actually go to, you know, where they race the Indy 500. And uh, I get over there, and uh, and I just you know down a quick free beer as you do. And um, some fellow rocked up and said, have you been for a lap around the track yet? And I said, no. <laughs> and I walk over and they, uh, they chucked me into a car and, and, yeah, we did a lap of the Indianapolis circuit and, uh, and then uh, we went back over and, and had the dinner. Um, I met Wayne LaPierre at the dinner itself and, and got my photo taken with him. Absolute gem of a bloke. Absolute gem of a bloke. Um, the, uh, you know, listened to Chris Cox talk. Um, he has, you know, you know, just men full of wise words. They're, uh, you know, they they really know how to how to do their stuff and you know put on a really good event. Um, 
probably one of the biggest the biggest standout things for me on that day. There was a, a sheriff, um, David Clark Jr. from um, uh, Wisconsin County, uh, Milwaukee, or Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. Huge African American sheriff, huge tower of a man, pops up on the stage and says, "I support the armed law-abiding citizen." Oh, just was blown away by that. You know, just, just could you imagine, Jason, if one of our top police officers, one of our top police commissioners, come out and said, "I support armed law-abiding citizens. They're our allies in fighting crime." Amazing. Could eh? you imagine it? That's that's the difference in the attitudes between law enforcement in the USA and the law enforcement here in Australia. And so, and they wonder why once they start introducing concealed carry, you know, you, you know these, it just, the crime drops, you know. People have a distrust for the police in Australia because it's like, oh, 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 because the police see everybody as guilty of something but they haven't been caught yet. Whereas over in the States, it's like, no, the police, you know, we're our, you know, they're our friends. They're there to help us. Whereas, you know, the, the, the cultural difference is, is just phenomenal. Even on the streets of Indianapolis, I, I walked up to a police officer and he was carrying a paintball gun. And I said, that's a little bit bizarre. What's, what, how come you're carrying a paintball gun? And he opened it up, opened up the lid. Instead of paintball markers, they were pepper balls. He said, oh, yeah, we use this for, uh, for all the youths if we ever get any gang problems late at night, you know, gangs sort of, you know, congregating and, uh, and stirring up trouble. We just shoot them with these. And uh, <laughs> I said, so, uh, so, so, so what are your thoughts on um, concealed carry and open carry? And they said, well, we'd prefer people didn't open carry because, you know, it gives, you know some people might have the incentive, you know, they might see it there and, and go, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and get that gun off him. But... Um, you know, they said, yeah, we're all for concealed carry. And hell, if you shoot a home invader, he said, yeah, we'll take you out for a steak and help you celebrate. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, but that's the attitude. But, um, but back, back to the convention, it was, um, there was uh, a really big rally on, on, the, uh, on the Saturday called the Stand and Fight Rally. Um, a huge number of, of keynote speakers. Um, Sarah Palin got up on stage and... Uh, and she is not the dropkick that the media portrays her to be, that's for sure. She is extremely, an extremely articulate woman, very, very smart indeed. Um, a lot of wise words to say. Um, Larry Potterfield from Midway USA, I'm sure we've all yep, seen those yep, videos online. Yep. You know, thank you for your business. Yeah, he was, uh, he was presented with, a, with a, an original Winchester lever action for, yep. in thank you of his support for the NRA. Just his, uh, his Roundup program alone um, contributed something like $7 million towards the NRA for that actual financial year. It's just, just phenomenal the amount of support that, um, that the NRA actually has. Um, the, uh, the cool thing about um, the convention on the Sunday, on the very last day, is I went to a clubs and associations workshop and... Um, and yeah, I, they were absolutely blown away that somebody, you know, from a shooting organisation came all the way from Australia to attend their convention, and uh, and I learned a whole heap about the way that the NRA operates, and uh, you know, and, and learned a whole heap of things that that we can do better. And one thing that I that I think that the NRA is very good at is they're not afraid of saying it how it is, 
and uh, and I, I think that um, you know that's that's a lot of the problem that we have here in Australia is people are too afraid to just say no, hang on a sec, that's BS, and you know and just need to just call crap when we see it, just call call out rubbish when we see it, and just set people on the straight and narrow, and that's what the NRA does, you know, and, and we all saw that, and some people may disagree with it, you know, we all saw it after the Sandy Hook, when they came out with the line, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Mm. It's one of the truest statements you'll ever hear in your entire life. But Mate, it sp- doesn't... It, Sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, let's, you know, cut to the chase, let's say it how it is, you know. I mean, obviously, when you were over there, uh, you obviously, no doubt, your body would have chat. You know, people got to know you're Australian. You had a chat with other, you know, American gun owners. So, what were the, what was, you know, what do you think the attitudes of the American gun owners compared to say Australian gun owners? Meaning, you know, the attitudes towards say their rights and freedoms, especially in firearms. What did you do? I mean, did you have a chat to people? What was your general feel? Well, the big thing is they're they're not the ninety percent apathetic like we were talking about earlier. They are very much committed into protecting their rights. Um, they will stand up. They will be counted. They will not go down without a fight. They are ultra committed to preserving their freedoms. Um, and people say, oh, freedom, 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 you know. It's you know, guns and protecting freedom. It's a, it's a crock. Well, it's not really. Um, you know, freedom of speech. What is it if you don't actually have a method of protecting it, you know, freedom to pursue happiness. You know, what, what is it if you don't actually have a method to preserve it? And the only method is actually firearms ownership. It's the only way. Um, mm. Now, Australia, we get called the lucky country because, you know, we never had to fight, you know, for our freedom. We never had to fight civil wars and, you know, wars of independence and all the rest of it. Yeah, so that's why we get called the lucky country. But um, I think so. this is probably the biggest difference between Australia and America is that they had to fight for their freedoms. So they really understand what it means. They understand the true meaning of freedom. Whereas Australians don't seem to sort of have that same sort of understanding of, of what it really means to, you know, to have a whole heap of people die, you know, like on their own soil. Yeah, you know, to yep. to win freedom, to win freedom, to properly win freedom. You know, they fought the British, they fought a civil war, they fought Mexicans for their freedom. And they know what it's all about, yep. and they're not about to give it up. They're not about to give it up, and so that to me, that's the major cultural difference. Yep. So that's why I think that they, you know, people say, you know, they're bitter clean as well. Yeah, let them clean. <laughs> Mate, what was the highlight of the trip uh, to the NRA convention? What do you think it was? The highlight of the trip at the NRA convention itself? Yep. Um, oh, uh, there, um, there was some pretty pretty neat bits of gear there from Magpul. There was a combi van with a, uh, a Dillon M134 minigun hanging out the top of it, um, you know, with the big Magpul logo and everything on it. Um, there was um, some... Some really beautiful firearms from FN, which I managed to shoot later on in my trip. Um, 
like the FN SCAR, absolutely superb firearm. Um, <laughs> Hang on, go, go to the next question, though, too. Did you get to use any, you know, cool firearms? I mean, surely if you are over there, you would have went to the, the local gun range, surely. Yeah, well, when I, when I, I, did, a, I did a road trip you know, after the convention. I, I did, a, did a trip of the, the Deep South because, you know, they're sort of, you know, if I was going to have kinfolk, that's where they would be. <laughs> So um, I yeah, went down to Georgia and, um, and spent some days with a friend in Atlanta. And on one of those days, we went to the uh, to a local gun range, and and yeah, the um, yeah they had quite a few you know, nice toys to play with. So um, we uh, we hired a Daniel Defense AR-15, and uh, you know, beautiful forged, um, you know, forged and machined AR-15. You know, really, really nice, really, really nice firearm. Uh, you know, follow-up shots are just so quick and so easy. You know, it's a uh, superb firearm all round, and, and I'd have one in a flash. Mm. Um, also uh, hired uh, the FN SCAR, which is uh, the 308, and it's the lightest recoil in 308 I've ever fired in my life. You know, you could um, you could put uh, three shots down range and uh, and yeah, and have them all within a hundred mil. You know, like three rapid-fire shots. It's absolutely superb. Um, the uh, and probably the the most fun out of all of them, probably not the most accurate, but the most fun. Um, a fully suppressed MP5. Uh, the uh, I've got <laughs> I had two magazines for that, you know, so 60 rounds. Um, so it was thirty thirty dollars to uh, to hire the the MP5, and they said, yeah, no, it's thirty dollars per mag. And I said, well, I'd better have two magazines, thanks. And uh, yeah, it was probably one of the most enjoyable. I've never, you know, I'd never actually fired a submachine gun. First, you know, all of my Navy career, the whole lot, never fired a submachine gun. First time ever shooting one. So yeah, it was probably, you know, one of the most enjoyable sort of 40 second time periods that I've had in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah so fun. yeah, 60 rounds lasted me 40 seconds. That's, uh, yeah, it was brilliant, <laughs> brilliant fun. All right, Chris, mate, we've got a bit of a, a segment here on the show. It's called Five Questions in Under a Minute. Now, I don't know if I sent you the questions beforehand. I hope I didn't because I didn't mean to no, if I did. Jay. All right, mate, fantastic then. All right, what I'm going to do, so I'm going to, once I start asking the first question, first off, are you going to take the challenge, yes? Yes, I'll take the challenge. <laughs> Let's see if you can do it. I'll start asking the, uh, start the recording, uh, the stopwatch, uh, as soon as I ask the first question. So right, in three Two, one. All right. Proudest moment working for the shooters unit, and what what is it? Um, actually, getting a social media presence online. Okay. Best bit of advice you came away with from the NRA convention, and what was it? Stand and fight. Don't ever, ever, ever give up. Yep. One thing shooters can do better in the future to secure their gun rights, and what is it? Stand and fight, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. <laughs> if you could, okay, if, you could, if you could shoot anywhere in the world, where would it be, and why? Uh, I think I would like to try some some big game hunting in Canada. Um, pretty much just because uh, there's some unique game up there that uh, you sort of don't find anywhere else. All right, uh, finish this sentence. If I if I was in charge of gun laws for one day, I would change everything. <laughs> all right mate uh 50 52 seconds mate you, you you succeeded not many people succeed on my show in doing the uh five questions in under a minute so congratulations man good stuff 
Mate, I Thanks, guess <laughs> no, it's always it's always a good bit of fun, mate. To finish off, I guess uh, two two questions before we finish off. Give us a bit of a story, mate. Um, can be anything, you know, hunting story, fishing story, something from the convention, something funny that happened, mate. Anything you want, give us a quick story you can just share with uh, the listeners of the Australian Hunting Podcast before we finish you off. Well, pretty much, I'll just tell you about what I do with my daughter every September. Um, Every September, we've uh, we've got a, a friend's property out at Mooney, and uh, and for the last week of the September school holidays, you know, my daughter she's she's nine this year now, so we've done it the last two years in a row. Um, this year, we're doing it again in September. We're uh, heading out for uh, probably three or four nights. We pack up the camper trailer, or we sleep in the shearers' quarters out there, and we we go out for a hunt and we go out for a fish and just have some really good father-daughter bonding time, you know. No mum, no brother, no nobody hassling us. You know, we I feed her Coca-Cola, and she thinks that I'm the best dad in the world, and, and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, we shoot the little 22 with, you know, cans full of water, and she just has a great time, pretty much introducing kids to firearms at a young age, just, just like the way that I was, and, um, you know, Mate, that's probably my story, and I just hope that other people out there actually have a story similar, you know, introducing the next generation to, to, to firearms because we know how much fun they are. They're brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> so Bloody good. brilliant, mate. Love it, love it. I never thought, as I said, a lot of people, my mum or dad didn't hunt. Uh, I, my first trip was, you know, I, mean, I had my licence since I was 20, but I didn't really know that many people. And once I went to the States, I think it was in 08, and I did a dove hunt. Uh, I know we've both got yep. a bit of a love for the old uh, Texas South. And, you know, once I went and hunt doves down there in Wake, I was hooked, man. Hook, line, and sinker. It was just, it was a fantastic time. And, I just loved it. Maybe finishing off, last question. People want to join the Shooters Union. Of course, we're going to finish off with that. If they want to join, they want to ring someone, they want to email, they want to get on the Facebook, how do they go about it? Okay, the best thing to do is we have got a Facebook page. Just look at um, Shooters Union of Queensland, which has actually now evolved into the Shooters Union of Australia Facebook page. Um, and then from there, I believe there's links to the other state pages as well. Um, there's um, shootersunion.com.au is the main website. Um, we actually will have a brand new, brand spanking new website up uh, within the next month, something to replace that old clunky one that we've got up now. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you want to email somebody, uh, email Laurie Grantham. She's our membership director. And it's info at shootersunion.com.au. And uh, the, yeah, generally online is the best way to, uh, to get in touch. But... Um, and honestly, I don't actually have the phone number off the top of my head. <laughs> That's all right. How I'll... unprepared am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got, mate. We, hey, we can't blame anyone. I get I, when I start talking about guns. Sometimes I, I lose my tongue and I can barely even talk because I'm just so excited. So it doesn't. I'll uh, add it onto the uh, blog post for the uh, release of this episode. So anyone listening wants to jump on. Uh, if you're looking at the website, you'll be able to uh, find the phone number there and. Uh, Give them a call, but Chris, mate, seems we've got. I like what they're what they're doing there at Shooters Union. Uh, like we've, me and you have got a hell of a lot in common. I'm big on freedom. I'm big on getting our rights back. I'm big on firearms ownership for law-abiding people that haven't done anything wrong. I'm pro self-defence, as a lot of people know. Um, and it seems like, mate, we've got a lot in common. I'm glad there is an organisation that has finally had enough of this lax attitude. 
uh, to, you know, not only from organisations around Australia. I know there's organisations out there that are trying their best, um, but you know we've got to get out, get out, get over these egos from certain people and certain organisations, and we've got to you know start putting in for these gun owners of Australia because that's all that matters. Because without the members. Uh, these organisations are nothing. And I'm sick of people hearing, valuing their success or gauging their success on how many members they have in their organisation. Uh, you know, again, a lot of members, I always say this to people, a lot of people, a lot of organisations wouldn't have 10% of their members unless the government forced them into a genuine reason. So, you know, organisations shouldn't take it for granted, which I think, you know, it seems Shooters Union isn't, which is fantastic. It's finally good to see organisations on board you know, that want to you know, advocate for our rights and uh, try and get our rights back. We know John Howard hated firearms, and hopefully we can get some change in the near future. So thanks for coming on the show to uh, the Australian Hunting Podcast, uh, the biggest hunting, shooting and fishing radio show in Australia, bar none. So thanks for coming on and sharing uh, you, you know, your thoughts, interests and opinions about the Shooters Union, yourself and um, your experiences. So thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jason. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.